Welcome to String and Sling with Stonebreaker Archery. I'm your host, Jesse, and we're going to get this rolling. How you guys doing tonight? Happy Sunday. I hope you all had a great weekend. I know I did. Um, interested. Always interested when I hop on Facebook. I want to check out and see what uh, cool archery projects everyone had going over the weekend. You know, I just, I love it. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. It, it makes me so happy to see that, uh, you know, that there's folks out there pushing and trying and doing different things with uh, with traditional archery. It's just, it's a fantastic thing to see happening. So, tonight's podcast, uh, I'm going to wander off track a little bit from uh, what my previous podcast has been. I'm going to cover a, a few smaller subjects and, you know, what I consider to be one bigger subject so, uh, I've had some some recommendations from a few of my listeners out there, um, one of which was tuning. Um, so, tuning your setup, tuning your setup, uh, wow, it, it's kind of loaded, um, it, it really is, it's a loaded subject. Why is it a loaded subject? Because, well, basically everybody's tune varies. And a lot of it can have to do with as simple as the shooter. It can have something to do with, um, you know, where you live, uh, what bow you're using, what arrows you're using. So tuning can vary quite a bit. So for me personally, um, as many of you know, I I pretty much, I strictly prefer to stick to... Uh, wooden arrows now here's the thing with wooden arrows unless you are so hyper in tune with your wooden arrows basically what you wind up doing is you build a set of arrows and then you tune your bow to the arrows and it's as simple as this uh, more string twists or less string twists and, and that's that's pretty much how I view my tuning, um, especially when tuning to uh, an arrow setup. So every set of arrows that I build, um, basically I wind up retuning my bow. So how I do it is I will build a set of a half a dozen or a dozen arrows... And then basically I will spend a year shooting those and I will just shoot them until they are so beat up and half of them are getting broken. I shoot them basically until I can shoot the arrows no more. So that's what I do. Uh, now, there is other ways of going about it and I just... I'm really not going to get into those other ways. Um, it just, it seems counterproductive for me. Uh, I highly encourage you guys, get out there, play with things, you know, try to tune your bow to your arrows, tune your arrows to your bow. Get out there, look around, pick up a book, read the book, do what you're going to do, figure it out for yourself. We all basically have something that, you know, it it's just, something's going to catch with us, and that's what it's going to be. So, 
in tuning your setup and a big thing in how I tune my setup, um, basically the biggest thing in how I tune my setup is I tune for it to be quiet. Uh, that is first and foremost in all of my setup and my tuning. When I pick up a new bow and I pull that string and let the first arrow go, uh, most of my attention is focused on being how quiet is this bow, how quiet is this setup. And even while I'm at Kalamazoo, I intend on, you know, walking around, getting to see the sights, hang out with some people, and uh, I want to shoot a few bows, you know, and, and get out there and find a few more makers and, you know, get names and contacts and I'm going to figure out more what's out there in the market that I'm liking, that's current. Um, I'm also going to be looking for the new products that I really want to come on and do my podcast with and talk about and share with you guys. So, get out there, play around, figure it out, um, and find something you like and, and run with it. Now, another subject that has come up that a lot of people have been asking me about is inspiration. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Well, this is kind of an odd subject too. It, it's not a whole episode type of subject, so it's getting tossed in here. Listen, here's how we need to work this one. So... Inspiration. Where do any of us draw our inspiration from? If you make something in the archery world, uh, by all means, if you're listening to this, hop on my Facebook, hop on any post, any place. Pick an archery group. I'm probably a part of most of them. Hop on Recurves, Longbows, and Leatherworks. Let me know. Where are you guys drawing your inspiration from? So for me, uh, drawing inspiration for what I do with my arrow work, with uh, bow fishing spools, with bow fishing arrow slides, um, my inspiration just kind of comes from life. Uh, I look around and... and you know, I, I may see a design. I, I've actually had a Canada Dry bottle that's been sitting in my garage because the label was printed with a design on it that I liked and I intend to copy and and play with and make it my own. Adult coloring books are another one for some of my designs for arrows. You know, I it it's as simple as driving down a street. You know, I, I may see just a pattern that's in the grass or in a tree and I, I like it and you know how do I draw this leaf and so that's kind of how I, I get my inspiration um, you know I'm with my arrows especially I'm not doing anything that's totally original um, this style of scroll cresting has been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and cresting has been around for thousands of years and you know I just kind of look around and and I see a pattern that I like it, it could be a pattern that's sewn into cloth 
It could from come from cowboy boots. Um, it could come from a tattoo. Uh, you know, uh, you get your inspiration, however it is that you see fit to get it, and that's basically how I I go about it. Um, so there's a pattern out there called Paisley. If uh, you are so inclined and you know what it is, you already know the difficulty in it. And if you don't, by all means, hop online. Go look up Paisley. See the pattern. It's actually one of my ambitions. I want to do a, a Paisley set of arrows. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, if you know what that pattern is, and you guys have seen me do my work, you already know how much it's going to go into transposing a Paisley pattern onto a a 11 30 seconds diameter arrow or or god forbid i'm doing it on a seven millimeter or an eight millimeter arrow you know that that's a tiny space to work in so drawing inspiration for patterns it just it kind of comes from life um you got to look around you got to see what's out there where do you get a pattern from that you you know, you just kind of walk around, you see what pops out and what pops out. It, in my case, I just so happen to be trying to put that on an arrow. So, some of my inspiration is classical. Um, you know, with, with my crested arrows and my fancy cresting, my scroll cresting, my Turkish cresting. You know, it's very classically based. Um, that, that's kind of how I, I get some of my inspiration and, and, you know, there's a few people out there, you know, I really look around and I, they just inspire me to do different work. Uh, uh, looking at the sock trail boys again, you know, they're doing those resin cast risers and that's just like, oh my God, how did you guys come up with that idea? Like that is that is absolutely insane. Uh, looking across the board, look looking to Beaumont Vance. He he's he's out there making these crazy split limb bows that are incredibly stable to shoot. And you know it. I I often wonder where where is he drawing his inspirations from? And and I'm looking to to other guys who are out there just pushing the fold in other ways you know where are they drawing their inspiration from it it's it's a great thing to see people getting inspired to build great great things and you know i just boy i i don't know how you guys are drawing this inspiration and even though turn around a lot of them are looking at me saying well wow how did you draw this inspiration so leading into a, a larger portion of, of my show here um let let's talk a bit more about inspiration so i'm sitting here and i have a book in front of me it's titled bow accessories by volkmar huberschmann You've probably heard me talk about it before. Um, it's a book that I like to put a, a lot of 
new people to archery on to if you're thinking about being a do-it-yourselfer. This is a fantastic book, and I'm sure if you're out there and you're one of my followers that has got into this book because I brought it up or said, hey, you need to look into this, or if you are someone who is following someone who follows me, or if you just happen to find this book, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen this book, hop on Amazon, go give a cruise through Amazon. They're always popping up for used books there. Uh, if you can't find it used, I got to tell you, I paid $30 for mine, and it is an absolute worthwhile investment. Um, I've met about half the authors in this book, and, and they're fantastic people. They are a wealth of knowledge and don't mind sharing that knowledge. So, I'm looking at this book, and I sit here, and I, I keep thinking to inspiration, inspiration, inspiration. So, it, it brings me to a, kind of a good discussion point with y'all, and I'm interested to hear about it. Hop on Recurves, Longbows, and Leatherworks. When I post this up, I'm going to post a link in there. And uh, get on there. Let's talk about inspiration. Um, and not the, necessarily the kind of inspiration that, that I started out this show thinking, you know, I need to talk about here. I'm talking about inspiring new people to get into the sport. Inspiring new people in this sport to do better. How do we inspire them? So, I remember being a young shooter and watching a video of Byron Ferguson shooting a tic-tac out of the air. And I was just absolutely awestruck by that. And then, you know, I, I'm doing these, these shoots and these games with Alois and he came up with these different games that inspired me to change my way of shooting. I don't know if you all have ever played this game. Uh, it's definitely a game that Alois had me play, and we even shot it in a tournament. It's called Shooting the Compass. And what it entails is, is you, you, you take a, a circle target, so a ring target, and you put a cross through it, uh, just dead center, put a tape across up there use use blue scotch tape it doesn't really matter you just need a cross up there you take an old broken arrow drill a hole put a nail through it and pin it up there in the center of this target well wherever the tip of that arrow is pointing that is the quadrant of the compass that you have to shoot at now it's scored the same so your outer rings aren't worth as much as your inner rings however the bullseye, the gold, has been covered. So, you're not shooting at the center of this target anymore. What you're shooting for is the innermost portion that is not covered in the quadrant of the target. It's very, very difficult to do your first time. Get out there and play that game. 
And that's the kind of game that I'm talking about when you want to inspire new shooters. That inspired me to turn around and go home and see what interesting games I could come up with to play. One of the games was uh, draw and shoot. So you've got 30 seconds to draw and fire three arrows. And, you know, for as many people out there that will sit there and hound and holler about you need to slow your shot sequence down, I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying with this game is, is it will teach you to not draw and fire an arrow and be absolutely confident in where that arrow is going in the least amount of time. Now, that's kind of important being a hunter. Being a hunter, you need to be prepared to sling an arrow really quick. It Another absolutely just crazy inspirational game to play. Um, we used to take a ping pong ball and we'd tape a ping pong ball to a string that was taped to my ceiling in my basement range and we'd swing the ping pong back and forth in front of the target and see who was going to hit the ping pong ball from 12 yards. You know, uh, it it's just a, an incredible game to play and it, it's very inspirational. Now, here's the cool thing is I spent so much time in that basement range shooting and I would have friends over and we'd spend time down there and we'd be shooting that basement range before I knew it my own kids were inspired to join in and they wanted bows because they wanted to shoot downstairs with me and it, it's a fantastic feeling and more of those games that I played and I had friends and we were out and you know, we inspired other people to come on over and get involved. And it, I realize I, I'm kind of wandering down a rabbit hole with this subject, but what games do you guys want to play? How can we inspire new people to get involved with this sport? And how do we inspire the new people to our sport to keep at it? And keep improving. Now, one of the ways that I have tried inspiring people to stick with the sport and keep shooting is, well, one, I'm not afraid to travel to go shoot. Um, I think to this point, the furthest I have traveled to go shoot has been about five hours. And that was just to, I, I met someone new and I wanted to shoot with them. And they wanted to shoot, and I was all about getting them in it. So I went over, I got them started, get them set up, and we shot. And we're still friends on Facebook, and you know what? It's pretty cool. So I'm just saying, get out there, look around. How do we inspire these these new people to keep pushing and doing more and more crazy things? Uh I know there's a huge faction of people out there that love, love the self-bow. And their greatest ambition is to, you know, go out, cut down a tree, make their stave, let their stave dry, create their bow, create the arrows, and go out and harvest game with it. And that's a fantastic ambition. 
for those that that doesn't work, how do we inspire those other ones to go further? So in my last episode, I talked about a, another podcast that I had listened to with Tex Grebner in it, and he was talking about getting more uh, of the nerd-type people involved in our sport because pretty sure there's many of them out there that want to try that may just be afraid because they're not as physically strong or or whatever or not socially accepted they're worried about that acceptance from our crowd and i don't think it's going to be a huge issue for our crowd to accept different people because well let's face it we're all kind of different and that's why we're here so in in speaking to that so let's say we have this influx of people that come in how do we inspire them to stick with the sport what is it that we can do well uh, another fantastic game that's out there is actually archery tag archery tag has inspired a whole new generation of people to come on out and get involved in the sport and learn the good fundamentals and you know see how great our sport is as i like to describe it uh our sport is quite literally like tacos i don't know anyone that does not like tacos in some way shape or form so think about selling our sport like well you're selling tacos tacos are awesome they go great with beer uh our sport goes great with beer uh, just at an appropriate timing you know it it's not necessarily just the taco that sells them it's it's the toppings it's it's all that other stuff that just pushes the taco over the top you know for me in the sport it it's not just the bow that sells me it it's literally it's it's everything that goes with it that just makes it so awesome uh you my listeners and those of you who are out there in the world practicing making cool things that i've never seen before you all are the toppings you make this sport great and you know as great as we make it we really have to focus on yet again what is our future what picture are we painting of the future of archery so yet again um it's it's tacos and archery man it's just it's awesome you know it if i can inspire one person to get out there and do something great or do something different it's what it's about you know yes we are traditional archery however we have to constantly seek out different ways of doing things we have to seek out the different ways because if it's just the same old same old all the time people are going to get bored with it and they're going to walk away and it's not something we can afford so i was looking on a uh one of my facebook groups earlier and they were talking about uh there was uh they had bought a bear bow 
and we're going out to test the chronograph and and get the finish on this bow had just started flaking off it was very apparent in the pictures and you know it just got me to thinking how many bare bows have i had that have been kind of beat up and you know i start counting back and there are quite a few of them there that it got pretty beat up looking and it, it wasn't from misuse it was just a use thing so i started looking back and you know there's people oh oh bear bows or have always been that way browning's better it's whatever man I don't care what the bow looks like. If it shoots fantastic, that's what really matters. Aesthetics are cool. Aesthetics don't make the bow. So, yeah, it just, that one really threw me uh, when it it's crazy for me to look and see a, a classic bare bow. Uh, it, you just... I'm kind of wandering off on this, guys. Forgive me. Um, so, hop on eBay. Reese, go on there and look up some manner of bear archery bow. And you will see there is people on there that are asking prices. Somewhere is in the area of five to $600 on a a very 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 classic bear bow and when i say very classic i mean old uh i'm talking i have seen bear static grizzlies on there in the draw weight of 60 pounds or 50 pounds or even 40 pounds that they're selling for five to six hundred dollars and that just seems insane to me when i can spend the same money get an individualized piece of artwork from many bowyers out there i can of course i can spend a lot more and in a lot of cases i can spend quite a bit less so that's what i'm talking about by find what's going to drive the future forward If every bow looks just like the next bow, if every set of arrows look just like the next set of arrows, what's making us unique? That's always why I'm about inspiration and drive our sport forward. We have to constantly, constantly think about the future. While traditional archery is growing at an exceptional rate in America and across the world, we have to stop, take a pause for just a second and think about what's our future look like. Why does it look that way? And what are we doing to improve that future? Me personally, I'm going to keep looking for my inspiration out there. Um, I've said it before. I have an insanely high ambition of someday I am going to be the next Fred Bear in the archery business. I want to be that household name that everyone knows. And, you know, when you talk about one of my products, everyone's going to want it. It's a very high ambition. Will I ever get there? Mm, I'm sure if I push hard enough, I can I can probably get there. Um, chances are not in my favor, however, 
I do realize that. And when I say I want to be the next Fred Bear, um, really, honest to God, what made Fred Bear as good as he was, uh, he was an exceptional hunter. However, what made him as good as he was is he knew how to market his product and he knew how to market archery to get it into every house that he could. So, uh, yet again, coming down to the end of my show, uh, I'm at about 30 minutes. Big things, big, big, big things in the future. So, uh, I'm sorry, I ran kind of short on sponsors this week. It, uh, for those of you that know me, you know my career in the Army is soon coming to an end. However, there is a couple of my good old standard guys that I want to run back to and I want to just, I want to put their names out there again. Uh, number one, Matt Fout, White Feather Archery. If you are thinking about doing anything in the archery business, uh, i.e. building your own arrows, uh, if you're thinking about getting started, you know, talk to Matt. Matt makes a bow. Matt makes a few bows. Matt actually makes a really nice bamboo-backed Osage bow or bamboo-backed whatever. Uh, he makes a, a really nice bow, by all means. Uh, give Matt a call. Find him in my Facebook. He is in my friends. He is in many of the groups. Um, talk to Matt. Fantastic person. Can't praise him enough. Uh, Bo Collins, by all means. Get a hold of Bo Collins. Bo Collins, Dream Maker Leatherworks. He is not lying when he says Dream Maker. This guy produces some crazy, crazy, insane, just anything leather. Bo is awesome. He makes fantastic products. He makes them at a reasonable price. And by all means, just get out there and talk to Bo. Uh, Donnie Wilkerson, Donnie Wilkerson makes, uh, Creek Walker trading quivers. He also hand forges some knives and other things. Talk, talk to Donnie. If you haven't seen this stuff before, go look him up on Facebook. He produces some crazy, crazy, insane quivers. I own two of them. Um, he makes a fantastic quiver. Go check him out. He can customize it to your bow. And Sock Trail. My final one. The boys at Sock Trail. So, Bo Collins and Sock Trail work closely together. Mike Roberts, Mike Drive out at Sock Trail. Uh, Bo Collins actually sells quivers and such through Sock Trail Archery. And... I got to tell you guys, like, they make some amazing, amazing combos. Just really, really cool stuff that they're doing. Um, they have a new Seneca takedown recurve that I intend to give it a shot at, uh, at Kalamazoo. Uh, their resin risers are just beyond reproach. These things are so incredibly awesome looking and just completely unique. It started out with pine needles and pine cones and some grass. And now I have seen it go as far as wrenches. I have seen it, it just seashells, napped arrowheads, 
you guys name it. These guys are trying to cast it and make a riser out of it. Um, they're exploring the limitations of what they can do with that, and it's awesome. So, as always, at the end of my show, you guys need to keep your bowstrings waxed, and I will talk to you soon.